What is going on, Rip City? This is Scorching Trails, episode four of the new podcast. I'm Stephen Vaughn with my man, Tori Jones. Uh, this is being recorded on a Thursday, so after the Blazers' first game, after watching Dame, you know, dominate like he usually does against the Philadelphia 76ers with the Bucks, is a little weird, but uh, it was fun to watch. Tori, what's going on, man? How you been? Uh, I'm sure you guys probably were going off after the first game. You know, season's over. Sky is falling. Um, DeAndre Ayton, go away. You guys want Drew Eubanks back probably. I mean, what, what what's going on over there? Yeah, you couldn't be more off. I mean, the first game was kind of exactly what I expected, and therefore I don't really feel a type of way about it. This team is going to struggle, Steven. Like, I've accepted that before the season. I'm not going to sit here holding out for hope for half the season like I did last year when I was preaching optimism to you uh, almost all season long, and then it ended up with us somehow getting the third pick, right? Like, I've accepted that this is going to be a struggle, so it's actually kind of nice being able to relax and being able to emotionally handle these losses. Yeah, no, it was, uh, I will say this, like, uh, it was a little worse than I thought it would be, but it's not surprising, right? Like, it, it, the way the game went out, we'll just get right into it, I guess. We'll talk about the Clipper game a little bit. Um, yeah. Here, here's the thing, Tori. This is time for Chauncey Billups to prove that he can coach in the NBA. Uh, he hasn't done it yet. He hasn't proven that he can coach in the NBA. He has the guys he wants. He has a brand new team. The only guy that was left over from the Olshay era is Anthony Simons. Like he's gotten out who he wants. He got his guys in, and it looks the same, right? Like that's what I thought. I just thought, man, this is the exact same as it's been for the last couple seasons, and his brand new guys. And we were hoping for something different. Like that's the one thing that I was down on the whole time watching like oh open threes wide open dunks yeah cool yeah i was keeping track of the uh the dunks by the clippers they had five in the first five minutes uh later on in the quarter it was clippers dunks seven trailblazers six points you know they were winning with dunks over the blazers in the first quarter like it was just it's just the same old thing over and over and that's uh that was my first initial reaction was just man like it's going to be another long season of no defense out of the trailblazers and i don't know if it's the players i don't know if it's the coach I don't know if it's a combination of both, but my initial reaction is just like Chauncey's got to figure something out and he's got to do something quick. Yeah, because a lot of people think they have a better defensive roster than they did last year, but uh, you still got some some weaknesses. Like, I don't think Scoot's going to be anything but a below average defender as a rookie, which is okay because he's a rookie, right? Like, I think he will become a solid defender at the very least at the NBA level. But it's tough when you're six foot two, even if you're strong and athletic and have a long wingspan. You're six foot two, right? So, uh, Jeremy Grant defensively was really rough last night, I thought, after watching back some possessions. Um, but even guys like Robert Williams, I know he had a few steals and a block, but it's it's just like a collective thing with this team where they play too far one uh, off their guy one pass away. That was a theme last year. That was a theme before. And there was a couple times where even an all-defensive team caliber guy like a Robert Williams III was, um, he, he left Zubach to go shade towards Russell Westbrook in the post and Zubac just cut down the lane and got an easy dunk out of it. It's just stuff like that where it's really good defenders making those mistakes and it's Robert Williams' first game and, you know, since the playoffs ended for the Celtics last year, he didn't play in preseason, so he's probably going to be a bit rusty. But, man, I... 
with good defenders in the system now, and Robert Williams the third, um, and, and DeAndre Ayton's a solid rim protector. If those guys struggle defensively, then it's a sign of a bigger problem and maybe a systemic problem. And yeah, definitely need to see defensive improvement this year. It was not a good first game for that. Yeah, it's because uh, it makes it seem like it's a culture thing, right? You know, going back to even when. Norman Powell came to Portland. It was thought, okay, he's a solid defender, and he came in, and he was, like, bad as a defender, right? And now you look at guys like Malcolm Brogdon and Robert Williams. Like, you talk about Robert Williams as an all-league type of defender, and he wasn't a very good defender on opening night. So, you know, hopefully it's just one of those things, just, you know, rusty for him. Uh, bad matchup, you know. If you look at Scoot, it, it's a, it was a terrible matchup going against those guys. You know, Russell Westbrook, I know he has his flaws, but he was really good. Um, in that game, and he he does things that are hard to guard against, and he was really good. And then Paul George and Kawhi, like when they're healthy, they're two of the better players in the NBA. So just kind of a tough matchup there for everybody. But yeah, I mean, I'm not willing to make excuses for it. Like they think, you know, I I'm not a big I'm not the biggest Chauncey guy, but I'm willing to give him a chance now that he has his guys. And it just definitely wasn't a good first impression this season. He even talked about it like they got down quick and they just never could catch up. And it's like, well, that's on you. Like you, you didn't have your guys ready to go. Like, I don't know. It just, it bothered me some of the stuff he said, but we'll, we'll see, man. I, you know, I have my doubts about Chauncey, but uh, after game one, not excited, but let's talk about scoot a little bit. Five for 11, 11 points, four turnovers, five, four assists, three rebounds. Oh, for three on threes. First half uh, really struggled. Zero points. Oh, for five shooting. Three turnovers, you know, had the opening play where Thibault passing the ball, just went out of bounds off his hands, had a travel, had another couple of bad turnovers, um, got blocked at the rim a couple times, and then threw up a little floater air ball, calmed down in the second half, got some points. But, you know, here's the thing, and we talked about this, like, turnovers are going to be a problem with Scoot, and he showed that in game one. Like, not su- that wasn't surprising. His shooting ability, 0 for 3 on threes, not surprising that he's not making the shot. But... The thing that I was surprised by was I thought he did a really good job of getting into the defense and passing it out. Like, he had a couple nice passes that I took, and I said, all right, like, I can see where that's going to work later on in the season. So I thought his, you know, playmaking was good for other people. I think when he gets better finishing it in the paint, you know, but, you know, by the hoop, I think it's going to be a lot easier for him to get there and then pass out or just to finish at the same time. So there were some things I liked, you know, he showed off his speed, showed off the athleticism, uh, even though he got blocked at the rim a few times. Like I, you know, I, it was a positive for me. Like I took away the positives. I knew he was going to struggle. I wasn't expecting him to come in day one and just completely dominate the league. But I'll say this too. Like, he seemed like he tried to be the man for the Blazers. Like we talk about who's going to be the best player on the team. Scoot's not the best player on the team, but he has the personality of being the best player on the team. Like he attacked right from the get go. And even though he got blocked, he just kept attacking and kept attacking the first half, even though it wasn't working. So I was happy to see that as well. You know, just knowing that he's probably going to be the future. And if the Blazers ever are any good, it's going to be because of Scoot. I I was glad to see that type of alpha mentality out of Scoot in game one. Yeah, I just think it comes down to the three-point shot. Like, if he can hit threes, if defenders go under screens, then they have to go over screens. Makes pick and rolls better for him um, because he's able to get past his initial defender. And I think that's just the key, right? Like, he's able to get into the paint a bit, but in order for him to really make use of his athleticism around the rim, being able to collapse the defense, he has to beat his first defender. And that first defender was just backing up 
when Scoot was handling the ball, especially in isolation, because Scoot, Scoot is not a three-point shooter yet. In defenders, you know this, probably if you played, you know, you, you've played basketball, Steven, like if they're backing up, it's harder to get around them. If they're worried about you shooting and they're up close, it's a little easier to get around them, right? You can get them leading forward. You can get them on hesitation moves. And that's the key for Scoo is is keeping these defenders honest and on their toes and making them worried about him shooting a three-point shot because it just seemed in game one they weren't really worried if he wanted to pull up from three like they just weren't going to let him beat them off the dribble and then when he tries like he's not cleanly getting past his first defender and then they're a big team so the help is also tough to deal with so that's why he gets blocked and Man, I don't know what level of three-point shooter he is right now, but uh, that is the main thing to watch is can he start hitting threes and can he get defenders more worried about his jump shot? Yeah, I mean, I would say it's definitely below average um, like right now at this point, but like, did, were you discouraged in any way by the way he played or the way his res- the results of the game? Because I wasn't like, you know, I think we were kind of on the same page. Like we weren't expecting him to go off for 20 points on efficiency, sh- efficient shooting, but... Like, I think people were expecting a little more than 11 points and 5 of 11 shooting with 4 turnovers. Like, I thought people probably thought more. Um, I know I know Kanzano on our show, like, he was he said he was underwhelmed with the performance. And I'm like, you know what? This is kind of what I expected in game one. Like, were you, I guess disappointed is the wrong word, but for lack of a better word, a little disappointed in his first outing for the Blazers. No. <laughs> um no, like, I mean, disappointed in the fact that I would have underwhelmed. Were you underwhelmed at all? Thirty, you know what I mean? Like, but right. what, this were you is what underwhelmed at all? Though, like, no, because this, this what you, is what yeah. I expected. I was preaching patience all off season. You know, I, I was saying that fans were getting a little too ahead of themselves. There was a reason why I didn't want to trade Dame, and we can go all the way back to that with this. Like, I didn't want to trade Dame. Going the rebuild route, I know Scoot's a great prospect, but great prospects aren't guaranteed, and there's going to be struggle. Like, in the talk around Scoot was, he's so freaking good, you gotta take him and trade Dame, and it's like, okay, like, hopefully he can become that star-level guard, superstar we hope he can be, but it's going to take some time, and I feel like people just took the fact that he was in the G League and, like, put up 18 points per game last year, it's like, oh man, look, he's going to be NBA-ready, but he was not efficient in the G League, which is going to be even more of a problem in the NBA, so he, he can't play the game that he wants to play at the NBA level, because... I don't think he can consistently get into the paint without a three-point jump shot keeping defenders honest, and that's why it all comes back to that. Um, and it seemed like a lot of times he didn't know what to do because he realized he couldn't get around the guy in front of him, and he's not exactly used to that because in the G League, in high school, he's used to being able to get around whoever's guarding him. So I, I expected him to struggle offensively this year. I didn't expect him to come in and replace any of Dame's production in any way. Um, so, so first night was, I mean, stat line at the end was fine. At least he had a couple good moments down the stretch and I think he'll get better. And, you know, it just comes down to that three point shot, but he's not a three point shooter. We should have known this coming in. He didn't shoot the three ball well last year in the G league. Yeah, no. And, uh, so that, yeah, for that reason, I wasn't, you know, wasn't let down or anything by that game. Um, I think it's going to be, he'll be fine. Like, It'll be interesting to see how he reacts and he plays at home at the Motor Center with the fans behind him. You know, get a little juice. He seemed a little, uh, you know, he was pressing at the start of the game. You know, the little when he throws up a little floater air ball from twelve feet out, like that's when you know, like, all right, like he, this guy might be just a little too excited or a little nervous. And 
it's understandable. Like, you know, it's his first NBA game and he's feeling himself. So, uh, mm-hmm. good for him on that. But yeah, it was just, it was tough. And, uh, you know, learning process is going to be a long, it's going to be a long season for Scoot, but, uh, you know, I think the upside is there. So you got to continue rolling with it. Yeah, uh, you talked wanna, to, you talked to, yeah, go for it. Well, I, I just, the one thing I do want to see is I want to see him have that energy and exuberance that he had in the G League because it just felt like, you know, it's not that he didn't play hard or play with energy, but like, the attitude he had on the court in the G League is like hyped up. Everything his teammates do, hyped up whenever he does something. Just like well, he did that in the summer league too. Hyped. Yeah, and um, just didn't see any of that last game. You know what I mean? So that's why he seemed a little nervous. Is he didn't seem to have the same demeanor on the court. Like I want him to just keep being himself, keep having that demeanor, even if he has a first half when he struggles. You know, if he comes out in the second half and drives and dunks, I want him to yell. I want him to get hyped. I want him to be like that that energetic, emotional leader of this team because this team has a lot of quiet guys on it. Like, Anthony Simons is a quieter guy. Jeremy Grant is a little bit of a quieter guy, right? I mean, you can look at Chris Murray. We got guys on this team that are just kind of like subdued. I want Scoot to be that exuberant, energetic guy no matter what and just be himself. And I guess that was the one thing I was disappointed in. It wasn't even production-based. It was just like, I want to see that exuberance from him. Well, I wonder when he'll start doing that because I think game one, that's going to be impossible to ask for, for a 19-year-old to come in and be like, all right, you like you are the leader. Because that's like leadership stuff, right? So like, I think he has that in him, and I think he's shown that, but it's hard for him to come in and say, Game one, 19-year-old, you have some vets on this team that have been around, that have done some things in the NBA. You're going to be the leader of the team. Like, I don't know. I, that's why I want someone else to step up, but I don't think they're, they're going to. I think Scoot is that guy, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see. There's something to watch, I think, going forward. Like, maybe it's halfway through the season, or it's three-fourths of the way through the season, or even you know, a fourth of the way through the season, and it's like, oh, look, it's Scoot. Like, you can tell he's really got that leadership role. So, I, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm with you, though. Yeah. Um, you got to see and some when- type of leadership, but – but it's tough to come in as a 19 year old to be like, do this night one and be the most energetic guy in the court. Like you want your leaders to do that. You want the guy, the vets that are on the team to do that. They're not going to do that. Those That's not the type of play that they have. That's not the type of leadership I'm talking about necessarily though. Like, sorry if I was confusing on that, like emotional leader in terms of just like, like uplifting these guys no, no, in terms I, of their I get energy. you. Like not necessarily sitting here, like telling, you know, Malcolm, you need to do this. Jeremy, you need to do that. Like, obviously, as a 19-year-old, he is not in the position to be um, telling these vets what to do when he has so much to learn that they already probably know. Uh, I just mean in terms of just, like, an uplifting energy, like, spiritual leader, just just having that exuberance and uplifting these guys like that, man. Because it seemed like this team was just kind of, and this has been my feeling in the past a lot of times, where our team just, like, isn't playing with enough um, excitement isn't playing with the love of of the game at some points. It just feels like they're out there going through the motions. And well, don't you blame? Scoot... Here's my thing though with that: like, Scoot can only do so much. Like, even if he does go out there and he plays like, and he's the emotional guy, he's out there, he's out there yelling and everything. That doesn't mean anyone's gonna follow. Like. That's kind of the personality of this team. And that's that's my whole thing with, like, Anthony Simons isn't that leader. Like, he's not the alpha guy, and Scoot has that in him. But as a 19-year-old, like, you can't do that from day one and be like, all right, you're going to be the emotional leader of this team. Like, that's – I think that's unfair to ask of him. You know, DeAndre Ayton's not going to so. be that guy. 
I, I don't think it's unfair. I don't think it's unfair. I mean, it's just a simple stuff like let's, you know, let's effing go. You know, it's stuff on a court. Like I'm sure you've played with a guy like that. That's but just that, like you can come for across. You, you can come across bad stuff. in that situation. Totally. I, I, how? The whole rah rah stuff. I don't know. I don't get that stuff. Mm. Like I don't get. I don't get motivated by other people like that. Like someone can tell me to let's go, and it's not going to work. Well, that's because you hate everything. Well, yeah, but I think I don't think that I'm completely different on that than a lot of people. I mean, I just think that's who Scoot is, right? And Scoot should be who Scoot is. Like, he shouldn't shy away from doing that because, like, oh, Jeremy might be like, oh, I'm not excited at the same level. Like, just go, just go play with that exuberance. Be him. Like, he has that exuberance around the team. It seems like anyway. And you go look at like training camp, and there's clips that the Blazers will post on Twitter of the team being all hyped and clapping and loud in practice, and just like has all this energy in the training facility. Got to bring that to the NBA court. Like, I wanted them to go out there with that level of excitement. And it was just like, you know, I'm probably being unfair because it's the first game of the season and a bunch of guys that haven't played much together. And, you know, there's obviously some sloppiness and stuff, man. Like, I just I just felt like this team didn't really have that level of energy. And then you go look at the Clippers and they're just like, Hail Mary to Russ. Russ has a wide open dunk. And then he screams and everybody on the planet hears him. Yeah. No, I'm okay. I mean, it makes sense. Like I I want I wish that could happen. I don't know that I think you got to be a maybe a scoots just not as good of a, you know, doesn't have those I'm trying to think of the words that I'm trying to I, I can't think of it, but you know, maybe he's not the alpha guy that I think he is. Maybe he's not going to be the eventual leader cuz you know, you look at Russ when Russ came into the league, that's what he did. Like he just didn't care. He just ran around like a maniac and averaged 10 rebounds or whatever as a rookie. You know, he's just getting offensive boards as a point guard. As a rookie, he came in and just didn't care. He was just going to go balls to the wall the entire time. So I don't know, man. I, I'm going to try to give him the benefit of the doubt here, but I just it's kind of, that's kind of the Blazers' mo, dude. Like they just have never been that energy team, and they just never have been. I I don't know what it I is. Hate I that I do too. Like I I I think that's a roster issue. I think that's a coach issue, and I don't know that one player can just necessarily come in and do it. Like that's that's my problem with most of these guys on this team. Is like, yeah, they're all solid and they all can do certain things but none of them are that dude like none of them are the guy and none of them are gonna be that guy we need some dogs steven hopefully scoot can be that that dog you know um because scoot says it himself he's a dog i want to see the dog come out of him hopefully soon um i did listen to you guys on your post game for a little bit i Mm. will admit I know, surprisingly. Yeah, why you say that like it's a negative thing? <laughs> I was really bored. No, I'm just kidding. Wow. <laughs> I'm just messing with Hey, there's other options. There's lo- other options out there. Yeah, I you know, you I'll, I'll take so it, I guess. It's, it's a long post-game show, too. So <laughs> That's I, true. I, it might have been like the very... No, you, I, I did listen to you guys talk about Anthony Simons um, a little bit. And I mm-hmm. do know that you were both very excited with Anthony Simons, and you were very proud of him, how well he did. Um, yeah, he had a pretty good stat line you know what was the stat line here uh 18 points 6 of 14 shooting four assists no turnovers solid like usual but uh, he didn't really make any impact on the court did he like i don't know he had, he had the worst plus minus on the team like, you're not using plus minus for one I'm player just, for I, I, one I, game oh no i know I, I they were all bad they were all bad i'm not saying it's just him i'm just saying that is an like the impact that he makes on the court for 18 points on six of 14 shooting, it's not great. Like our offense he, couldn't do anything in the first half. We would have had maybe less than 30 points if he didn't 
do anything. I will say, I was proud of Anthony Simons. There was like the first three minutes of the game. I think Scoot probably went to the rack twice, like got blocked. Anthony, I don't think Simons had touched the ball in the first like three minutes. Simons looked pissed. He's like, give me the ball. And it was, it was funny. I was proud of him on that one, but I don't know, dude. I just, again, there's just something about him that I just, I don't get that Blazer fans get. I, I, you will never convince me of it until he actually like proves it to me. Like, I just, I can't get behind this guy as like the man on the team. Okay. Let me, let me convince you a little bit right now then. Since I, since I can't, I'm going to try, obviously. Um, I mean, what's what's been the thing that you've said is he needs to get downhill, he needs to get to the rim, he needs to get to the free throw line, like, as a scorer, right? And the problem is, is when he drives past guys, like, he steps too far away from the rim and gets his momentum at times where he's trying to finish going away from the rim. And that's what I was really excited about, is he had multiple drives last night where he's, like, cutting his drives like right past the defender like he's getting that shoulder inside him and like staying downhill and going downhill keeping his momentum downhill like that's something i've been looking for and that's what i think he needs to do to be more of a driver is when he has his defender set up he needs to drive more at the rim when he gets a step on him instead of shying away from the contact I saw that last night. I saw him do it a few times. That's why I was excited is because like, that's what he needs to do to become more of the player that you want him to be. And he, he had a couple of nice attacks. He had the nice uh, dunk in traffic. I will say he, he had a couple of nice attacks. I will, uh, you know, I can't deny that. Um, there's just something missing from him, man. I, who, who's better him or Tyrese Maxey? You got to tell me what's missing from him. I'm going to challenge you to elaborate on what you're, what you're thinking. He's just, I, I, there's just something about him. Like, I, I, I don't know, dude. I, I honestly can't explain it because you can tell me all his numbers. You can tell me his shooting numbers. When I watch him, he, he makes no impact on the game. Like, nobody is threatened by him. That doesn't, I don't, I don't get that. I don't, I, that doesn't I, make sense to me. I, I don't know, dude. I just, I honestly, when I watch that guy, I'm like, yeah, he's, he's fine. He's a, he's a fine player, but like, is he really impacting the game much? I don't think that he is. And the fact that like he, like the Blazers and the fans are looking at him to be like the dude. It's like I, the Blazers couldn't score in the first quarter. Guess what? That's when Anthony Simons needs to get the ball and score. He he couldn't. He do did. That. He didn't do that. He, he did. He had the, two points in the first in in the first quarter, first half. He had two points. They couldn't score in the, the first quarter. Okay, what did he have at halftime? Like fourteen. That's pretty good. He went on a heater there in the second yeah, he quarter. He got a heater in the second quarter. I'm just saying. Yeah, in the first they quarter. Been when Go they were getting crushed at the first quarter. Like, yeah, that wasn't. Get... I mean, here's I'll... here's the thing, Dame. Dame, like, the best scorers will have quarters where they score two points. Like, why are we holding? I two understand points against that. Them not acting like the first half was good. He had 14 points at halftime, and in the entire offense couldn't score. The entire offense was a mess. Everybody else was turning the ball over. Was too scared to attack. Was just a complete and utter mess deandre ayton gets into foul trouble like the Look, offense dude, was a I, joke I, in the first half and he was the only bright spot offensively Th- but that's why i feel like i'm gonna be right about so this bad. at the end i'm gonna be right about this at the end with Anthony simons i don't know that he's necessarily like a really good i don't think he's a good starter at the nba he's an average starter in the nba that's all he is that's all I'm just, saying. i just i just wish you i just wish i could understand where where it's from um because, because I just, I, just I cause i'm it. watching the games like you watch Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey is awesome. I yet, love Tyrese Maxey. I wouldn't see, put yeah, Ant you, over Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey is a really good player. Yeah, I literally asked you this last year. You're like, Avery Simon is better. Okay. Well, things change Who's in the, a year. 
don't they? <laughs> Literally, okay, so one game, one game of regular season play, and you're like, yeah, no, Tyrese Max is better now. You're willing no, to say I mean, that it's, now? it's not just based on one game of regular season play. When did I say it last year? At the end of the season? I feel like I probably asked in the off season, man. Eh, I don't know. Sometimes I, I can reevaluate my opinion. I think they're in the same tier of player. Like I think they're See, both really good I starters. Don't. But that's the thing is like Tyrese Maxey. I, I just I don't understand where you're so much higher on Tyrese Maxey. He's got that it quality to him, but you watch him. The it quality. The it Tori, quality. The game is not the game is not played on paper. Trust me, I'm an analytics guy. I love analytics. I love stats. I love like getting in depth on things. But there is a fine line. Like you can't just go all on paper. It's not going to work that way. I'm not going off of paper. I'm going based off what happens in the game. I'm not just like it. He has it factor, and there's just something with Ant that he's not it. I, I I don't know. What is it about like Jimmy Butler that makes him so good? Um, because he passes are, the ball really well, plays defense. Like, I mean. I, he plays really good defense. He passes the ball really, really well. And in the regular season, he's actually not that good. The reason why he's so highly regarded is because in the postseason, he becomes a different player and carries the team offensively. We'll have like 40-point games on top of everything because he's else a dude. he does. Because he's a dude and he knows he can. Amherst yeah. just isn't a dude. I, okay. <laughs> okay. We agree to disagree. Um... Again, my my whole take on there are these guys. There are these guys around the league. Cam Thomas just went for thirty six. He got to the free throw line eleven times. You can find these dudes at the end of the draft, at the end of the first round. You can find six three shooting guards that shoot the ball well and score the ball well and wish, play average to below average defense. I wish we had a second guy that could drop thirty six at a guard spot right now. Given all how bad our offense is, looked, if it was that easy Cam to Thomas, but Cam Thomas, you would admit, and I think he's a backup, right? Like he's a he's a perfect sixth man to come off the bench and be be a dude that just comes in and scores. That's what Amherst Simon should be. If if he's, Cam he Thomas should be has coming a season, in off the bench, if Cam Thomas has a season where he averages over twenty a game efficiently, then we can put him in the same tier as Anthony Simons. Until he does that, I don't like sitting here saying, "Oh, look, he had thirty six last night. He's the same." We'll see if when he's in the sixth man of the year race. Do you think? What do you think about Ant's defense last night? Because that's the other thing I was impressed with. I thought he was better defensively. I thought he looked good defensively when switched out onto Kawhi. There was a few instances of that. I don't think Kawhi ever scored on him. Um, and the thing with me and Ant on the ball is he he drops his lead foot too much. Like, he opens the door too much when guys try and drive at him. And I thought he was doing a better job, like, sliding, cutting guys' drives off, absorbing that contact with his chest. That was the other reason I was excited was because, like, like two of the main things I thought he needed to work on just with like technicalities of the game on offense on defense. He did like defensively. I thought he was maybe our best defender in the first half. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I would have to go back and watch more in depth of uh, how he's just guarded on ball. I mean, just from watching the game and seeing it's like, he was fine. Like I, there was nothing that wrong, like that jumped off the page to me, but I don't, I don't know. I'd have to go back. I would honestly have to go back and watch like yeah. scout it down. Like you said, yeah, and I'm curious. I mean, there might have been a couple mistakes go, he made that I missed, but maybe I'll go do that and we can talk about it next time. I just, I, I don't know, dude. I, there's just something, dude, about Anthony Simons. I'm just, I can't get on board with yet, and I want to. I want to so badly, but I watch that guy and I'm like, he's just not making a difference at all. The Blazers have never won anything when he's a guy that they rely on. And I know that you can say that the rest of the team isn't good, but you know what? If he's any good, he's going to help win a couple games, and that just, he never does.
he will he will help win a couple games this year. Absolutely. He will absolutely help win a couple games this year, and we will talk about it yeah, then. Win number 20 and 21. Yeah, because the, the team sucks. Be I mean, It'll be great. We could talk as a circle here. The team sucks, and does does that mean Ant's impactful or not on winning when the rest of the team isn't impactful on winning? This is just my that's just my thing, dude. I just you can you can find guys like Anthony Simons. I literally Cam Thomas just scored thirty six off the bench. I, that's what Anthony Simons should be doing. That's what he should be doing. He should be coming off the bench. He should be looking to shoot oh, every single time he has man. the basketball, and oh. he should make shots. You get a guy at the two spot that plays really good, de- like elite defense or like above average defense. We don't need an average defender. You need like a top defender. You can't have two bad defenders back there. Scoot is gonna be different, but you gotta get him out there. You gotta get him potentially you gotta get him playing time. Based on this season, Ant is not a bad defender yet. Since we're taking one game samples with Cam Thomas, I'm gonna take a one game sample with Ant's defense. You was solid defensively. Cam, Cam Thomas has proven he can score in the NBA. He can score. He can score. But also he can't That's all I'm saying. He's not as good of a passer as Ant. I also don't think he's as good of a defender as Ant. Cam Thomas is really, really, really bad defensively. I think Ant's a bit underrated. And I hope that people give Ant a fair chance to get that bad defender label out of his name like he says he wants. Um because Highland can score the basketball too. Off the bench. I'm just saying there's a lot of short guys that can score coming off the bench. Yeah, everybody in the NBA can put the ball through the basket. Who's better? Who's the best shooters? Who can attack? I I want the guy that. But can my point, my point is this: is score in multiple shouldn't, ways with shouldn't the bo- be a guy that we're hands. looking at. To, he shouldn't be a guy that we're looking at to like build the team around or be the number it's one option because he's not that. I'm not saying he should be the number one option. Obviously, the team isn't good. You're the right one that said he's because... the best player on the team. Yeah, Malcolm the team Brogdon's isn't good. Than Simons. Oh my goodness! No. Um. No, no. Brogdon just moves slow, and you like that because he looks like Andre Miller, and I feel like you were an oh, Andre Miller I, fan. No, no. I actually, Andre Miller, one of my least favorite players of all time. Really? Yeah. Really? That surprises me. I, th- I thought you'd be an Andre I Miller I think he, fan. no, because he can't, I mean, he can't shoot at all. I like yeah. shooting. Brogdon is an Andre Miller that can shoot. Kind of. <laughs> Not really. Kind of, yeah. A little he bit. Like, kind of kind of moves like him a little bit, you know? But I don't want to argue about Anthony Simons. I'm over it. Hey, hey. He threw the best lob pass of his career maybe in that game, too. Ooh, that's like the first lob pass the Blazers have had in seven seasons. When he threw that, it was like that pass is way too high, and then Robert Williams easily got it. It was like, wait, this is what having a lob target's like. <laughs> I will say, you know, even though Aiden was in foul trouble and Robert Williams didn't really play great, it was weird to have, like, tall, good athletes out there. Yeah, I watched we, Nurk and he's just so slow. Still, it's like, oh, you know. Although he did, he looks he looks better this year. Yeah, I mean, like I think he fits the role they need him to play. You know what drives me crazy about this Blazer team though is you can make the case that they are the most athletic team in the league, but they don't utilize it. They don't. They, it's just it just go. It's wasted athleticism because the thing I've always said about athletes is like, you gotta get in space to utilize it, right? Like you gotta get out on the break where guys can fill the lanes and like get ahead of steam going towards the rim. If they can jump or th- you can throw a lot of alley-oops in on fast breaks. Jeremy should have threw one to Shaden and tried to throw it back oh, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to scoot in and went out of bounds. You know what I mean? Like, but the thing is we weren't really running last night and we should be playing at one of the fastest paces in the league. But then also like, and this kind of goes to the offense, which I want to talk to you about and get your feel on it. And it kind of ties back to Chauncey. Just was super stagnant last night. They run such basic sets. 
Like, they don't run anything imaginative. Like, they'll run the screen away for the guard to come to the center of the court and then make a play off that, which is a fine set to run, but you can't over-rely upon it because it's easy to see coming and you can game plan for it, right? They run, like, horns, but they don't run anything unique out of horns because there's so many different variations you can run out of it. And it's just it's just basic stuff that is, like, one or maybe two reads, and then that's the end of the set. So a lot of times it seems like they get stuck in situations where they have to freelance and they don't know how to freaking freelance. And that's always been the thing with Chauncey's teams is like, they don't know how to freelance. How many times do you ever see somebody go set an off ball screen? That's not part of a design set under Chauncey Billups. Very rarely. (laughs) When you're growing up. Yeah. When you're growing up playing basketball, it's like pass and screen away. I'm sure you've heard that. I'm sure anybody who's played basketball, even at the peewee level has heard that. We just even pass and cut, pass and cut to the hoop. Mm hmm. Pass and cut. And then when you filter back out, if you're filtering back out towards a shade and sharp, go set him a freaking back screen. You know what I mean? Like, so he can catch a lob. You are right on there. I mean, I I think this is a Chauncey thing, and I'm willing to wait a little bit longer to see how it turns out because in the back of my mind, when Dame is here, and I love Dame, he's awesome. We'll talk about him later. I always felt like he was so good that the Blazers just relied on him to bail him out, right? And it was just like any time if they did any type of movement, it would just be like, all right, well, let's just get it to Dame and let him go pick and roll, or like we need a bucket, let's just get it to Dame and go ISO, let him go pick and roll because it's gonna work because he's awesome, right? Like he's one of the best pick and roll players in the NBA. And I feel like I thought maybe when they got rid of Dame and they said, all right, we're gonna start over. It's a different era. We're gonna run some stuff. We're going to run some plays. We're going to get it going. We're going to try some stuff. And one game in, not so much. So I'm gonna, I'm, a, I'm willing to wait and hope that it happens. I'm not keeping my hopes up, though, because, again, I this is that's a Chauncey thing. Chauncey has to get them to run stuff. And I know it's tough sometimes to get veterans to buy in. But at some point, you got to get them to buy in. And you got to run some stuff. you got to run some off-ball stuff. you got to run some, you know, like you said, they never run anything off the ball. Like it literally, if it's off the ball, it's just to get like a dribble handoff at the top of the court yeah. and then let them go. Like that, it's just that, like you said, it's basic offense that's easy to guard. And when you don't have the elite players to bail you out, it's not going to work. And the Blazers don't have any elite players to score off of that. Even they don't have any elite pick and roll guys. Anthony Simons isn't that guy. Scoot's not that guy. Jeremy Grant's not that guy. Like you got to with this team, especially Chauncey has to create some stuff to get some better shots. And, and, and again, I'm willing to wait. Waiting out, but nah, yeah, I'm starting to. Uh, if it doesn't happen soon, I'm I'm definitely ready to uh, pounce on Chauncey a little bit more to more and uh, say, what are you doing here, Bo? Bro, I said Bo. Yeah. I don't know why, but <laughs> um, I'm I have like I what, like what I have no like okay, tell me about Chauncey. Like, I don't. Do you want him fired? Do you want him like just to show stuff? Like, does he get half the season and then you're like, what? Like, this guy's got to go. Like, how long are you willing to say, Chauncey, prove something to me and prove that you can coach? You know what's funny is like I defended him longer than pretty much anyone last season. I'm sure you remember. I think that. me, you, and me, me and you, you, and me were like, I'm gonna wait on it. Like, I, it's hard mm-hmm. to do anything. They they were trying to lose. At this point, I have absolutely zero hope that his sets get better. <laughs> absolutely none why wouldn't they have gotten better last year why wouldn't they have gotten better the year before it's easier to teach veterans to run something than it is to teach young guys but 
it's like kind of the same stuff, you know? The screen away, um, 30 feet away from the rim, they ran for Dame, and now it's like they're going to run it for Ant. Cool, yeah. right? And Ant has to go downhill, make a play, like that. that's what it is, right? How many times did you see Ant run off a screen for like a catch-and-shoot three last night? Not at all. Did you see any sort of back cut from Ant, who's a really good athlete in space, right? So if you're able to get him a back screen and maybe you can throw him a lob, like he can throw one down, we don't run that for him. How many design lob sets did we try and run for Sharp? Like we just, the sets are just so basic and it's all designed and it's it's much like Terry Stotts' offense was too. That's what it drives really me is. crazy because really I couldn't stand Stotts' offense this last couple of years here. It's just designed to get somebody with the ball on the perimeter, maybe with a little bit of a driving lane so that they can do something with it. And that's well, it. Very, that's the entire offense. It's very mid to late 2000s is what it is. It's like when Chauncey played, right? Yeah. Like that's like, think about his Pistons team that won the NBA championship. Like they were a terrible offense. They were just so good defensively that they won. And then you think about when Terry Stotts won in Dallas with Dirk, like, it was basically just like give the ball to Dirk at the pinch and let him back down or th- throw up a fadeaway. Like that's what it was. And the game has evolved. Like mm-hmm. at some point we have to say, Chauncey, you need to evolve and you need to get better on offense and defense for that fact. He, they, the way he coaches defense is the way they coached back in 2008. Like <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah, I, I, I'm at, okay, this podcast has made me realize that I am actually fully on board, like, moving on from Chauncey at this point, which before the season, I was like, ah, oh, just give him the whole season, right? Like, it's a, supposed to be a rebuilding year, and, you know, if he still struggles, then at the end of the season, you can fire him and look for a new coach, but man, like, you, you gotta teach these players how to play the right way. The earlier, the better, and I don't, the, the frustrating thing is he says all the right things. He does. He really he, does. Does like he hasn't shown any ability to put it in action and or adjust can, either adjust too like make yeah. any type of adjustment. You know what There's his adjustment never... is? We're gonna run a zone. <laughs> We're gonna run a freaking zone. So it's funny because I didn't criticize him much on last night's post game show, but man, like it's is you got to teach these guys how to how to play in freelance especially like in the NBA you're not always going to be in a set you're going to have opportunities on the break where the first break isn't there but if you know how to move and space the court and then cut and then go set a screen for someone that's what the Warriors did so well is like a lot of times they weren't even necessarily in sets Steve Kerr just preached certain things like if this is the way the floor set up you should look for this screen this split action if the ball's in the post um things like that and I want these guys to be taught that and either Chauncey is trying to teach that and can't teach or he just has no clue what he's doing um so he has to be better man um and people can say the roster but it's like you can try to do the right thing and fail that's different than just like not even trying and standing around offensively and we saw all preseason where they just kept feeding Jeremy Grant the ball and standing around and not working on it and it's like that's you should be working on this stuff in the preseason. That's the best time to preach it and work on it. Um, so, you know, first game, we'll see how it looks 10 to 20 games in. But the past couple of years have not given me confidence that it will get any better. Yeah, I mean, even, you know, you look at the Lakers, they they want to play LeBron 30 minutes and then game two, they're like, nah, we need to play you the whole fourth quarter because we need to win. Like, <laughs> like they at least tried it for a game, right? Like, th- mm-hmm. that's what it is. They w- The Blazers didn't even give it a game. They gave it, even Terry Stotts did that. Remember 
what was it? Uh, in his final season, I believe the first four or five games he was playing. No, it wasn't his last season. It was um, what what team was that? It was with Evan Turner. It was back, yeah. way back in the day. Uh, yeah. he was he was benching both Dame and CJ at the same time, and he brought Evan Turner on the court. And before Stotts is like, I'm never going to do that. I can't I can't bench both. You got to split them up. But then he decided to do it. It worked for like a game or two. And then it was against the Pacers, I believe. They struggled really bad. And Stotts was like, I got to get one of them back in. And then it ended after like five games. But he at least tried it. Like, yeah. I gave him credit for that. Chauncey hasn't shown any ability to be like, no, this isn't this isn't working. I'm going to try something different. So I'm with you. I'm I But, well, I'm not. I'm with you that he sucks right now. And he made, I, I don't have any hope that he gets better. But I am still willing to wait. I don't know what the game limit is, but. I have to hope that at some point, like he's played basketball. He knows how to, he knows the game of basketball. Like Chauncey is a smart guy. He can figure it out. Right. Like it, it, the Blazers just seem so robotic on offense. That's my problem. It's just, it's just robotic. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, go play basketball. Like yeah. just go play a little open gym. That's all you got to do. It's open it up a little bit for these athletes. Maybe, and maybe it may be the roster. Cause like you said, Brogdon's not a great athlete. I would say Jeremy Grant's not a very skilled basketball player. Like he's a really good athlete. I don't think he's that skilled. Like he's not a great one-on-one guy. Um, I you know I've said what I said about Anthony Simons. I don't know that he's that guy. Scoot's not ready to do that kind of stuff. So maybe they don't have guys that can just go out and like get a bucket and play basketball. But, but that's not know, what they man. said at media day. They were acting like Chauncey has his guys now. Hey, I know that. That's that's what I, they said. I I Anthony never is the only guy. Ever, I never ever want to hear Chauncey guys. guys now. Like how many times have we? That's a Chauncey that? guy. And then He's the end, Chauncey it's like guy. the roster had too much youth, and Chauncey didn't like this guy and this guy and this guy. And now this year we have Chauncey's guys. Guess what? At the end of the season, in exit interviews, they weren't. They will not be saying, "Well, Chauncey had his guys this year." Because they're probably going to be like 14th in the West and it's going to be like, you know what? This was a rebuilding year and, you know, this was just a year so that we could look ahead towards the future and this and that. They're already pumping the brakes on Scoot like, you know, other you already know. have really struggled yeah. in their debuts. Like, oh, it's God. already changing. Cho Cronin said, Scoot isn't your normal 19-year-old right after he drafted him. And now it's like, well, he's only 19. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I think it's funny that people are overreacting after one game. I would say Scoot isn't your normal 19-year-old. Like, I agree with Joe Cronin on that. Like, I don't think but that like, he is. He said it in a way like, he's ready to help Dame win. Right. That's the way he portrayed it. That's the way Scoot he implied it. next to Dame right now would be awful. Totally agree. Totally agree. I it, And I will say this. At the end of the season, Chauncey will definitely not be saying these are Chauncey guys because he'll want to keep his job. So he's not going to be like, yeah, these are my guys and we suck. Like, no, I still need Chauncey guys. If they start like two and 10 or something just horrible, is there any chance he gets fired? No. Is there any chance he gets fired at all this season in your mind? I don't think so. Maybe at the end of the That's year. That's the feeling no, I have. No way. No way during the season. So we got to put They're not going to start out two and 10, are they? I mean, I, tough. I, I mean. What's 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 your prediction over right the here. first twelve games? Let's hear let's well, hear the game. Think about this: like they're playing the Magic on Friday, their road fa- or the road favorites are the Magic. The Blazers Magic are, are good this year. The Ma- I, understand, I, have the I understand that, Tori. This year. I understand that the Blazers shouldn't be home dogs to the Magic. Yeah, they should. Yeah, they should. <laughs> I'm I'm saying I'm saying I don't know. I don't think they should. I'm taking I, the Blazers. I, I, 
the Magic are a playoff magic. team. I would honestly like the Magic are also. Do you a like Paolo? That, you think Paolo's a really good player? I think he can be a. Re- I think he's a good player. I think he can be a great player. I don't. Think Isn't it going to be though? Yet. If the Magic are really good, it's because Franz is their best player. Yeah, Franz is super underrated. Um, like he, also, like he has to be their best player, not Paolo. Bro, their backcourt can lock up Suggs and Fultz. I feel well, like people don't realize. Suggs. Dude, he's a really good defensive player. I, that's I what I was going to say. I feel like people don't realize how good defensively Fultz and Suggs are. So, like, on well, one Fultz end of the court. Awesome. I love Fultz, man. Yeah. You know, the the way he's made a career as a starting player on what I think is a playoff team this year after completely losing his shot is because he's gotten really it's good insa- at defense. It's, it's an insane story to think about. Yeah. Like, the, what he's done with his career is awesome. No, I'm with you. I'm a, I like the Magic. I think they're fun. Yeah. Uh, so, it's like I on still one think end, the you got to deal with. I'm on record. Who's going to guard Paulo or Franz? <laughs> you know, like, like Thibel. Okay. We got to talk about, yeah, Chris Murray. We got to talk about Thibel for a second. I feel like he has no impact on defense. Like where, wh- where was his impact on defense in game one? I just, okay. Well, we talked about this. He's not a very good on-ball defender. That's his problem. Like he needs to be like your third best on-ball defender. And then he can have an impact. Yeah, that's not a right? all defensive level guy. It's not. It's just like Anthony Simons on the offensive side. He's he's Anthony Simons on the defensive side. But if he's your third if, option, Anthony Simons actually scores. Is Matisse Thibel stopping people from if scoring? If he's your third scorer, I'm cool with it. But you know what? When he's your one, that's the problem. I don't know. I'm just messing around on that one. Um, no, I'm I don't want to go back into a- at all right now. I don't either. I was just joking anyways. I just wanted to say it to be funny. Um, no, Fibel, it is funny because my son, we were watching the game. He's like, oh, Fibel, he sucks. I'm like, eh, he's, he's fine on defense. Let's let watch him. And then it's like he just gets burned. He gets cut cut back to Oron on the out-of-bounds mm-hmm. play. I know it was a back screen, but you know he, he played terrible defense on that. He was not aware of anything. And you can argue, okay, maybe it's the screener's uh the screener's fault for not calling it out but you got to be aware you got i mean he just got screened and just stood there on the back door it's like yeah. players just get the beat do, back door it's, it's embarrassing yeah do we have the worst combination of passing forwards starting forwards in the league with thibel and grant i mean then you throw Aiton in there too like yeah 100 percent. it's just just brutal like they man. cannot make plays for anybody it might Besides be worse. <laughs> it might be worse than Harkless and Aminu in that regard, which oh, is, I which is, like the thing is no, with them, dude, you can accept it because Harkless they could literally play couldn't D. dribble. <sighs> but like Who's he better, Harkless or Harkless. Like Harkless. Harkless, when he played for Portland, is better because he's a he's a he can defend on and off the ball and can defend. Four and he positions. was physical. He was really physical too. Yeah, and he and he finished really well around the rim. Like, like he would Thibel do his is, little post up things where he would just post yeah. little guys up and dunk on them. Yeah, like if you hit a guard on him, he would make him pay. As like a small forward, a lot of times teams wanted to take their you know good defensive forward and put him on Dame or CJ most of the time Dame, which means that you're taking a guard and putting him on Harkless, and Harkless would go down there and just post him up and finish. The thing is, you got Thibel starting at the three. Thibel is not doing that. So that's the thing with with like Harkless and Aminu is defensively they could both guard four positions. Um, sometimes they could even be competitive against fives and they could defend on and off the ball and they were switchable. And that was very valuable to have with a small forward and a power forward. And then they were like barely good enough shooters where you could play them 
because of their defense, right? And then Harkless, with that, you know, being able to, like, post up a smaller guy, made it so it was harder for defenses to put their good defensive forwards in length on Dame. So, in terms of just, like, matching up on both sides of the floor, Harkless and Aminu were far more valuable than I think even I realized. And I defended them more than, um, you know, like there was a, they had, they had some haters and I, I was always defensive of them. I feel like seeing this team since they brought in Norman Powell has made me realize like truly how valuable they were in regards to matching up on both ends of the court. And that's the thing is we still do not have that type of player on this team. Maybe it can like the closest guy is maybe Tamani Kamara. Because it's not Thibault, it's not Grant, like, who, we don't have that type of guy. That's what's frustrating. You can say what you want about Alfred Aminu. It looked like he was going to turn it over every time he touched the ball. <laughs> but he shot 35% from three. Like, yeah. it wasn't terrible. I, I liked Alfred Aminu. I thought he was a solid player, but, I mean, that's in the past. Well, whatever. But we got we to gotta find um, those types of players, man. We Just for well, the future. We got to find your guy, Tumani like Kamara, is that guy. Hey, two for two from three, looking smooth. Also, yeah. had a nice dime to Brogdon on the break, was active defensively. I mean, the Blazers went on that run with Kamara it, in the game. Does it count that it was in the second half when the game was over? I mean, he does the type of things you want in the first other half, players in the first on the half team he, to do, right? Had, he didn't do anything in the first half. Besides yeah, like he's going to have stretches where he's kind of invisible, but he he's active defensively. He seems to recognize things defensively pretty quickly. Um, and when like I say he didn't do anything, quickly. he literally had one shot and one foul in the first half. But, like, here's the thing on defense, Steven, is, like, so many of these guys aren't aware enough. That's the one thing I've been impressed with Kamara is, like, he's aware. There was a couple of plays is, where it's, is. like... There was one where there was a trap in the corner and the ball got tipped out of bounds, but I was looking to the guy at the wing because the guy guarding the wing doubled down to the corner and Kamara was like already rotated to him before the pass even got tipped. Like Kamara was maybe going to steal that pass. And it was like, wow, he's already rotating. Like normally we just leave that guy wide open. They get the ball out of the trap and nobody's there within 10 feet of them. (laughs) You know? So I I know it's not like a big deal, but that stuff matters to me because we suck at it. It does. No, it does. And we talk about just energy. Like he brings energy to the court. Like, I mean, it's, I said this last time, like, he belongs in the NBA or he at least belong like gets he deserves a shot to see if he can play in the NBA. Like and that's where I still feel with him. It was nice performance, he hit a couple threes. So yeah, I'm with you. Like it was nothing to write home about, but it's the type of thing where he didn't do anything to say this guy can't play in the NBA. I think he still deserves a shot. I, I'm going through the schedule right here, Tori. You told me to do this. Yeah. I think I got him at like four and six in the first ten games. Let's go twelve games because we were talking about twelve. Um, you want to? Well, no. Here, I'll, I'll read off. There. Okay, so they got the magic. Yeah. I say that's a dub. That's a W. <laughs> then they go on the I road. No. Then they go on the road. Take on Philly, Toronto, Detroit. I think they get one of those. Mm-hmm. I don't know who it is, but I think they win one. So that would make them two and four in my mind. And then they get okay. Memphis back to back at the Moda Center. I think they split those. That's three and I five. Think out of the, and then they play every the, game. You've said they win two. Then they play they the Kings. Kings, Lakers, Jazz on the road. I think they get one of them. So then they would be four and seven. And then they're at home against the Cavs. Uh, probably, uh, probably. Uh, I'm going to give them a win just for fun. Five and seven. <laughs> okay. Um, Do I really think those that? those last no, four no, no, no. games, I only think they win one. 
out of their first seven, I only think they win two. Um, so it's three four or five wins. Three and nine. Three and nine right, I'll is take, my project, I'll take over prediction th- through the first 12. The Tory Jones, Stephen Vaughn, bet U.S. betting line, three and a half for the Blazers after 12 games. I'll take the over. Okay, I'm taking the under. Um <laughs> I'm, I'll, I'll be Mister. I'll be Mister Negative this year, man. I mean, if they come out and win all twelve, of their well, I guess they've already played one and lost. If they win eleven games in a row, like I'll be happy. You know what I mean? I'll be happy to be blatantly I, wrong. But I man, see the comments that say that Steven's it. not a real Blazer fan. But look at me, look at me out here rooting for the Blazers. Look at you, over. hype. You know, hyping yourself up Let's as go. a fan for a four and eight slash five and seven prediction. Boom! I tell you what, I'm excited still about this team. I love them. I love I love getting in on the rock bottom and just investing in the Blazers. <laughs> this is what I did when I was like when I was like in high school and growing up. It's like I remember going to games, my dad would get tickets at his work because nobody would want to go. It was like the terrible Trailblazers with Hassan Jin, Luke Schencher. I got Luke, I got a high five from Luke Schencher one time. Ooh. Like they were I just don't free even know tickets. Who the hell that is, yeah. You don't know Luke Schencher? Seven nope. foot one red seven foot one redhead from Georgia Tech. Nope. Jeez, what kind of fan are you? A, a younger one, a not so old one. Luke <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I uh, I had a friend I, I was, who played with him uh-huh. over in Australia, and he asked because you know he's from here. My friend yeah. was, and he's like, "Oh, how was playing with the Blazers?" And he's like, he basically didn't remember. He's like, "Huh? What? What are you talking about?" Because he didn't know anything <laughs> about the NBA. That's funny. Um, I can't wait for the Blazers to get good, so you can just root for the next rebuild when they do. <laughs> yeah, they start. They start competing for championships. Trade Scoot. Trade Sharp. <laughs> trade Simons. Rebuild. Oh man, can't win with Scoot. Uh, can't okay. put enough around them. There's nothing out there for the 2029 Milwaukee pick <laughs> that ends up being third because they suck by then. I, I tell you what, if the Blazers are competing, I'm I'm gonna be happy. Yeah, I will not be the guy that I, – I, I was saying for years. I was saying for years you got to make a trade for Dame. They never did. Yeah. Yeah. I was. Speaking yeah. of Dame, Dame, debut with the Bucks, uh, A-plus, obviously. He's awesome. It was what we expected, right? It's just what Dame does, just take over the fourth quarter. I thought it was surprising that Giannis just kind of said, here's the ball and go. But, uh, yeah. You know, First time awesome in his career watch. he's been able to give the ball to somebody and have them carry yeah. like that. Well, like I'm Giannis sad. tried, and are you okay? Can, can I? Can I? I can I request something from you and potentially other Blazer fans? I mean, you can request it. I don't know if that request will be denied or not. And you, I don't think you did it much of it today. You did say you were sad. Let me go back and check real quick. Um, all I'm asking, you're just like, yeah, another one. I miss him. Uh, oh yeah, you did the whole. Analogy of a girlfriend. Hey, that that analogy ter- obviously terrible. spoke to people because it kind of, by my standards, that tweet blew up a little bit. Hey, um, here's my thing that I'm hoping that I don't have to see a lot on Twitter is just how much we, how much Blazer fans miss Dame and like, oh, I love Dame so much. Like after every single Why? game, what's wrong with that? I just, I just am gonna get so annoyed with it. Why? Like I get it, I get it. We all love Dame. He was awesome, but like, let me. 
I don't know. What is, of course we're going to miss having a star player on this team he, when this team looked like it did last night. I mean, Davis, he's not only so freaking good, he's so much fun to watch. He's so much fun to watch, man. He like he brought a level of excitement that he is also unmatched. He also, and this is going to start a whole thing. I don't want it to start a whole thing. He requested a trade out of Portland because he didn't want to be in Portland. He signed a contract. He signed a contract and then literally said, I don't want to be in Portland. We've done this before. I've corrected you on this before. No, he. I'm not going to go back into it. That literally happened. I know Joe Cronin. He lied to him. But uh, things also change, and they got the third pick in the draft, the U.S. Scoot, and he obviously didn't want to build around Dame. Yeah, but Dame, exactly. Dame also, Steve, 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 Dame also said, oh, Dame also oh, said, said he didn't Steve, want to be in Things Portland. changed. Things changed. Exactly. Things changed. And Dame also, the contract. Yep. Dame also said he didn't want to be in Portland, so why should I care? You said why things changed. And I think, this is where, I think this is where my fandom changes from other people's fandom. <laughs> and I, I, you know what? I don't know, and I think it's a lot of it is because I worked for the team. Had I never worked for the Blazers, I think I would have been sad, and I would be upset, and I'd be tweeting about Dave all the time. But once I started working for the Blazers and they laid me off, like, I always have that in my brain of, like, you know what? They didn't want me. Like, so I don't love them as much as I usually do. And I think that's where it comes from. I think that's where my hate let comes it, from, and my hate in my heart. People tell me to let it go in regards to Dame. I must say, let it go in regards to that. Well, how long I mean, ago that, was that? Long time ago, and okay, but think about this. I I'm doing what I love. I mean, I work in radio. I literally get paid to say my opinions. Like that's my mm-hmm. job. Like that is an awesome job. I was literally working in the scouting department for the Portland Trailblazers, the team that I grew up watching, the team that I grew up loving. I was not that I was a big part of it. I was scouting for the coaching staff and the game plan. Like that is a dream job. I get paid yeah. no money. I got paid hardly any money for it, but I was doing it 40 hours a week. I was watching basketball and getting paid to do it and helping out the team. Mm-hmm. Like with the game plan. Mm-hmm. The, the very minimal part, I'm not saying I'm a big part. And so for me, like that was my dream job and I wanted to move up. I wanted to, I had thoughts of being like, okay, like where could I go from here to the next step? And then they laid me off. And then I thought, well, this sucks. I hate the Blazers. I mean, I understand. I, no, I, I 1000% understand, you know, I might tease you about it, but I do fully get where you're so coming please, from. Like so please, so please, just, I just don't want to be like, go on Twitter and be like, oh, I see Dame drops another 40. Oh, I love Dame. Here's a Dame montage of all his best sure, shots in Portland. Yeah. I'm, was Joe Cronin a part of the organization? Maybe if that happened today and you just made sure to like put a compliment in regards to Joe Cronin in the scouting report, like you would. I probably would have a job still. Out. Yeah, probably. Just, <laughs> just so, pump him up. Just pump yeah. him up. Like, Joe, you're doing so good. Joe. <laughs> Joe, you're going to kill with this game plan. If not, it's my fault. Um, you know, Joe you Cronin, rock. I will the roster say, is great. He is a tall man. Travis Demers, the voice of the Blazers, he says I kind of remind him of Joe Cronin. Ouch. I take it as a compliment. Ouch. <laughs> you can take it however you want. I take it as a compliment. You would take oh, it man. you would take it as a total diss. I take uh, it. Hey, yeah. Man. I mean, speaking of how the many team GMs not- are in how many teams are in the NBA? What, 30? 30? 30. 
I always forget. NFL is 32. NBA is 30. NFL is yeah, 32. There's, every there's 30 GMs, and he's one of them, and I get he, I remind him of one of them. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I'll say I'll Because say I'm tall. Word. I'm tall. I'm bigger. I'm bald, and my voice is deep. Like, Joe Cronin's voice is kind of deep. So he says I kind of remind him of him. He also said because we're both smart, too, so I don't know. That one, I was like, that's a diss. Secretly, a diss. I'm doing a premise. Secretly, I'm doing a podcast with Joe Cronin, I guess. Um, yeah, you are. <laughs> I don't know. See, here's the thing. If he knows who I am, he probably hates me. Speaking of the team not wanting you, like... I think I told you this before. I don't think he knows who you are. But I, I could be wrong. I don't think he knows who I am. It depends on if people that I know talk trash about me that are credentialed and talk to Cronin have talked that's to true. Cronin that and is, talked trash about me. Good point. That's a good point. Um, I have it on so. good authority that my name was brought up to Bert Cold one time, but that I can't confirm or <laughs> deny. I can only confirm that I was told that, but I cannot. I cannot confirm that it actually happened. I just need to get. I just need to try and get credentialed, and dude, that would you be wouldn't... so awkward. You 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 ever like? Were you ever? Hated on like in elementary school, middle school, or something where you're just like the kid that people don't like for whatever reason. Maybe there was Please. a rumor that wasn't true. I don't know. I'm Please. sure you were Mr. Please. Popular. You know who? Do you know who you're talking to? Mr. Mr. Talk. I I don't I don't no, know as, because as apparently a, you're Joe Cronin. Kid. I don't know. <laughs> as a as a little kid, I just really don't. I didn't, really didn't talk to anybody. So no, I didn't. I mean, I had like, friends. I just didn't talk to. I don't talk to people. That's my thing. Yeah, I don't. I don't really I, like people. I don't want to make it sound like I was that guy, but just imagine like walking into a classroom where like everybody's like, "Why the hell are you here?" I do feel like <laughs> that, that like would when be I went to. Me. Hey, I'll say this: I went to media day. I kind of felt like that with me. Like people, I mean, people don't even know who I am, but they're like, "Who is this clown, rocking Dude. a hoodie?" So, yeah. I'll have to tell you about something funny off air. I, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about I it. Don't no, go I don't even know why we're going off on air right now. but uh, I don't know, because this is Scorching Trails and we scorching don't Scorching Trails. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, Dame, I mean, I'm, I'm sad, man, because I loved watching him play basketball and he's my favorite Blazer ever. Like, he gave well, okay, okay, you still me as a fan a lot of great moments. Just don't tweet out like, oh, I miss him here in Portland, blah, blah, blah. Just... Talk about Dame. Be like, oh, what a shot by Dame. Dame's so good. Clutch time. Dame time. Whatever. Don't be like, hey, Dame, miss you in Portland. How about that? Okay, I'll make sure to do that every game. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be sure to flip I... you off and block you. Listen, listen. If we were a playoff team, I wouldn't miss him as much. Part of it is That's like, true. man, we're 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 just we're struggling. You know, I would love to have a top ten player, in my opinion, in the league on our team. You can say he's top fifteen, whatever. I would love to have that caliber of a player on my basketball team to root for right now all right so uh officially after 12 games you have them at under three and a half wins i have been yes. over three and a half wins i think that's that'll be a fun bet we can uh we keep track of revisit it um like three weeks from now if we yeah. remember i need to get like a board to write down these things on you should just like <laughs> Like text it to me, I'll, dude. I'll go get a whiteboard tomorrow. Actually, I need to go to IKEA soon. I'm gonna get a new backdrop behind me and a new desk. So I'll go to IKEA, get some like a board with some sticky notes. And That's I'll gonna be the next Scorching Trails episode. Sticky- Scorching yeah, Trails at IKEA. 
<laughs> dude yeah i should just record me going through ikea make it a whole thing um and yeah just i'll go i'll go post up on a bed with my laptop and we can um record. yeah yeah people hey people will record, think record else. from your record from your bedroom i'm cool with that. my bedroom at ikea yeah yeah um, but what does this show turned into? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We're off. The, we're off the trail right now, basically. Off the but um, okay. So 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 you're participating in Pace Against the Spread, which is a segment we do on Blazers Press Live. Our yeah. show Mondays and Thursdays. For anybody that doesn't know, um, so this is going to be fun this year because it's it's me versus you. Our other hosts are in it. Five hundred three on Twitter. Blazer fans is in it. All our moderators are in it. Eric's in it. So we had our first day. Yesterday on Wednesday, 12 games. So right now, Erickson first, eight and four. I'm tied for second, seven and five. Nice. Steven, you went unfortunately four and, four eight. and eight. Yeah, not uh not ideal. Uh I never claimed to be a good basketball. I, I will say this. NBA betting is impossible, I think. It is. It's very uh, tough. I, I yeah, I don't claim to be good at it, so I feel like I'm okay at the NFL, and I'm pretty good at college football, and I'm pretty good. I'm I would say I'm above average at college football and college basketball. The NFL, I'm probably average. The NBA, I'm definitely below average. But it's a lot of fun, so uh, yeah. I, I'll hopefully make a comeback. Yeah, I um, I'm just trying to develop a system to bet some props. I will say, watch out, bet yeah. US. Yeah, shout bet us. Um. There was a point late last season where it was eight of us last season, including our chat, which votes via poll, um, where we were all under 500. That, <laughs> you know? Well, and the funny part is, like, even if you're 500, you're still losing money. Like, you have to be 52%, yeah. 52.7%. So, 52.8, one of the two. But I mean, I had it, a year yeah. I was like 56%. Uh, one of the years we did this. Like, I think overall, I'm probably right around that number. You know, it makes it fun to root for games and whatnot. Like, that's what, in my opinion, sports sports betting should be. Like, just when you can afford to make the game more entertaining and make yourself more emotionally invested in what goes on, like, it's the price for entertainment, right? And then if you win, then you're, you know, entertained and you win money. Like, that's I'll the best this, of both uh, worlds, right? <laughs> I, have, uh, I have fallen into the problem of more of an addiction of gambling before, so I try to keep it... Uh... <laughs> on the safer side for myself nowadays. Yeah. There was, there's yeah. a time dark. There's a dark Steven era uh, when it was younger Steven. And that was, uh, not the best of times. So I want to be younger Steven. That would be now. interesting. And I want to play younger Steven one-on-one too. Younger Steven would dominate you. <laughs> <laughs> younger me would not be dominated by younger Steven. Younger, that would be. A, I wish we could. Yeah, being younger matchups that'd be fun. But hey, they come out older, with a pill that deages you. I'm taking it. You better take it too, and then we can see about it. All right, I'll do that. Um, okay, last question before we wrap this up. Well, first off, first off, I I need yeah, help yeah. from comment section. Okay, I think me and you, based on picks against the spread, should have a bet where whoever loses between me and you at the end of the season has to do something. I don't know what. I want comment section might have good ideas uh, or you might have a good idea. Like I am down to, to figure out a bet and I'm not just well, saying of that course because, you are because you're ahead. Yeah. Yeah. But Jeez. like at the end of the year, we're going to pick like 400 games, three games is whatever. Like if I was zero and 12 right now, I'd still be saying this. Like no, we should come up, we should come up with something. That'd be fun. Yeah. I'm so down comment with that. Section, um, I don't, w- 
I don't want to do anything too embarrassing, but uh, yeah. Yeah, no, nothing up. too wild. Just something to make it a little fun, you know, yeah. not scary. Ooh, scary. <laughs> yeah, I'm down with that. That sounds like a fun. Um, yeah, I'm in. I'm in on that. Count me in. Cool. Cool. Um, we just got to figure it out. Yeah. So, yeah, help us out there. That'd be great. Comment section. Uh, last question here. Out of the first game, who would you give the best grade to out of the Trailblazer players? First game, best grade. Simons, I'd give him a uh, B plus, maybe. Sharp too. I thought Sharp was decent. I think Sharp and Simons, I'd give them the same grade. And that's your highest grade. I was gonna say Sharp. Yeah. yeah. I think Sharp uh, would have got my best grade. That'd be a B. I'd say a B. I wouldn't quite give him a B plus. There's still some things about Shane Sharp that I don't like. Uh, but he obviously, he obviously has a lot of skills and a lot of talent mm-hmm. that I I want to see going forward. But uh, there's some things he needs to clean up. I thought Shane Sharp was pretty good, though. I can't wait for Shane Sharp to become CJ McCollum 3.0. But he's six foot six, Tori, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> he's six four and a half without shoes. <laughs> I know, I know. The older thing is like we measure in shoes, but people would wear those platform shoes and seem taller. Wait, so you don't think measuring his shoes matters? I think measuring barefoot makes more sense. But don't you think even if they wore the platform shoes, that helps them or not? I mean, not if if your shoes, if the soles are too thick on your shoes, if you play, then it's probably detrimental, right? Um, or else people, what, would, yeah. I don't know what, what that five there line. is against... Like what, a five inch sole? You know what I mean? Like add your add five inches to yourself. Um, I mean, I just think like guys can just wear thicker shoes and seem taller that maybe they wouldn't play in, so it just makes sense just to measure them naturally. Um, I lied. One more question before we wrap it up here. <laughs> okay. And this is just a long term question. I'm just interested. I just thought of it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, by game 40, 42, so halfway through the season, is Shaden Sharp in the starting lineup? I'm going to go with no. Wow, that's a good question. Thank you. Uh, there's Radio Steven asking the good questions for people to call in with, like, <laughs> call in answers now. that they don't even know. Um, I, I Yes. We'll touch on that next episode. That's called <laughs> a tease, Tori. That's called a tease. Write it on the I white, think it's a no. whiteboard. Yeah. that's. Uh, I think it's no. Like I... I think it's a fun question. I, I'm just very interested to see what they do with Shane Sharp this season. I think that's more that's more what it is. Is like you watch him in the first game and you're like, yeah, there's things you need to improve on, Shane. But man, you just see him play and you're like, just please get it, like figure it out. You see all the talent, you see that, you see it oozing off him, and you're like, man, I, I I'm so intrigued what they do with him this season, and I really hope like we talked about this before. You talked about it. I hope I hope you're wrong. And I hope Chauncey doesn't mess it up for him, right? Like, I hope he gets the right – I hope Chauncey figures it out, becomes the right coach for him, and he really figures out how to play basketball. I, I feel like he, Sharp's out there. I think his IQ is fine, but I also think he's out there just playing basketball with, like, no sense of what he's doing. It's all just natural ability. He had a couple nice passes in that game. Like, his reads have gotten better. That was the encouraging thing last year when he got all the responsibilities. So, um, um I like that he had – 
three assists in that game, made a couple nice reads, and wasn't like super turnover prone. I forget how many turnovers he ended with, but I think it was like one. Um, so uh, hopefully going to see more of that. Zero. Nice. I mean, three assists, zero turnovers on a night where we turned over the ball 18 times from Sharp. Like, I'll take that. And then six rebounds when when our two starting forwards can't rebound the ball. I'll take that, too. And that's the thing. It's like he played well, and I still feel like he's just scratching the surface. Like, he's just out there just going off his natural ability. Like, not even necessarily I – like, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard for me to explain that. Like, he's making the right reads. He's playing smartly. I just feel like there's so much that he could do offensively and you know see how it comes later and i don't think he starts game 42 i think he's on the bench i think they keep their guys at that point but we'll see going forward um all right tori you got any questions for me before you want to wrap it up or you got any are we done no let's get out of here yeah let's get out of here all right uh that's it for episode four scorching trails steven vaughn tori jones catch us on twitter uh catch tori blazes uprise catch me 750 the game three to six bald face truth I'm there with Gonzano. Catch Tori all the time. Blazers Uprise. He's doing all types of stuff. Um, and with that, I want to thank everyone for listening. Comment what we should do for that bet that we have going mm-hmm. on against the spread. That would be great for some ideas because um, you know we can come up with ideas, but I feel like it's more fun and funnier when we get told what to do. So we'll figure that out. And uh, as always, come on, Blazers, do something.